Praise the Lord, and welcome to our weekly 30-minute podcast, The Elephant in the Room with Bishop Michael Bellamy. All podcasts will cover various topics that are often overlooked, misunderstood, or even controversial from a biblical perspective. We are blessed to have a team of wonderful producers who want to make each episode something that will be enjoyable and informative. During this episode, we will discuss the history behind one of our favorite holidays in this season, Thanksgiving, and what it means to have a heart of Thanksgiving in a world focused on consumerism and individualistic ideals. Today's podcast was produced by Associate Pastor Corey Lyndon Bellamy Sr. It was edited by Lady Satoya Clanton and Sister Tynika Harris Coronado. I'll be right back with today's episode. A little more than three weeks ago, many of us were surrounded by family and friends celebrating the Thanksgiving holiday. We gathered at a family member's home or at our favorite restaurants to enjoy each other's company. For some of us, it was the first time since the pandemic that we gathered. In other cases... It was the largest communal gathering we had had in the past two years. Marie and I hosted our adult children and grandchildren for the holidays. Our eldest daughter, Andromeda, used her creativity to make the floral centipedes that helped set the tone for the dinner table. Everybody, and I mean everybody, brought something, even if it was pleasant joyful conversation. And of course, Marie, who is an outstanding cook, did her thing. Scanning through social media, we saw many family traditions. The dinner menus included turkey, fried, baked, roasted, or smoked, fried chicken, ham, chitterlings, yes, for some, chitterlings, dressing or stuffing, Mashed potatoes and gravy, please. Pass the gravy. Broccoli casserole, squash, corn, and green beans. And of course, there was a sea of desserts, cakes, pies, cobblers, cookies, and puddings. Makes you hungry, doesn't it? Thanksgiving kicks off the holiday season during which we sit, eat, talk, laugh, and pass down our family histories to the next generations and and some new traditions to share, too. But here's the elephant in the room. As joyful as the holiday season is, the spirit of family and gratitude hasn't always been the case for our ancestors and even for many families today. Thanksgiving and the holiday season has darker origins than we must acknowledge to truly appreciate the blessings and gifts the season bring with a heart of Thanksgiving. History says the first American harvest feast was celebrated in 1621 by the English pilgrims of Plymouth, what's now called the state of Massachusetts. They sailed across the ocean on the Mayflower in hopes of avoiding religious persecution. 
Many died from sickness and disease when they arrived in the New World in the late 1620. The Wapanoag tribe was helpful to those who survived, showing them how to live off the land and sea, to survive in the harsh, unforgiving, wintery climate. During what we know is the first Thanksgiving, the colonists killed enough fowl, possibly turkeys, geese, and her ducks, to last a week. The Wapunoag people joined them and contributed venison to the shared meal. It was a peaceful but complicated gathering that preluded the bloody and devastating King Philip's War, or the First Indian War. As the colonists grew, their growth was often at the expense of the Wapunoag and other indigenous tribes in the area. According to the Historical Journal of Massachusetts, this expansion and war claimed half of the indigenous people's lives in New England, and up to 30% of the English colonists perished. Simply put, the indigenous tribes did not give their land to the colonists. The colonists took the land. In her article titled, Is Thanksgiving Truly a Christian Holiday? Sophia Bricker wrote that after the Puritans arrived in 1668, the Plymouth Colony decreed an observation of thanksgiving to the Lord. For the colony's members to give thanks on the fourth Friday in November. Evidently, this influenced the idea that Thanksgiving was a Christian holiday. The observation evolved with time to include attending a church service, considering the poor, or giving to a charity. The early Thanksgiving observations were to give God thanks for his blessings in military victories and in harvests, especially after a drought. Not every Englishman was enthused about a legislating Thanksgiving as a national religious holiday. Those who objected came to America for religious freedom and separation from church and state. Some states observed the holiday and others opted out of the celebration. Thanksgiving in this modern era has moved away from its religious origins. It is now a pagan-focused holiday, focused on traveling near and far to be with family and friends, parades, food, football, yes, of course, football, and Christmas shopping. In 1789, President George Washington made a proclamation to give thanks to the Almighty. On the last Thursday of November, after much national debate, President Abraham Lincoln proclaimed a National Day of Thanksgiving on October 3rd, 1863. The first official Thanksgiving Day was celebrated Thursday, November 26th, 1863, after a pivotal Union Army victory at Gettysburg. Lincoln hoped the holiday would help to unite a divided nation during the Civil War. 
Thanksgiving isn't just another holiday for others, but it is a national day of mourning for indigenous tribes across the nation. Some tribes pray, give speeches, beat drums, and march through the Plymouth Historic District remembering millions of their indigenous ancestors who were murdered by the English colonists. It is an opportunity to undo the fallacy of historical narratives taught in schools that omit, reinterpret, and blatantly deny lies that cover the actions of violence and sins of this nation's founding fathers. Thanksgiving Day is also referred to some as takes giving. That's T A K E S G I V I N G. Takes giving and the Thanksgiving massacre. Before I go on, I should note that my family is Okanichi Ban of the Suponi Nation, or OBSN for short. OBSN is a small Indian community located primarily in the old settlement of Little Texas, Pleasant Grove Township in Alliance County, North Carolina. Wansuta James, a Yukwina Yupanoeg activist, wrote in his never heard speech the Wupanaeg welcoming of the settlers was perhaps the biggest mistake. We, the Wupanaeg, welcomed you, the white man, with open arms, little knowing that it was the beginning of the end, that before 50 years were to pass, the Wupanaeg would no longer be a free people. In her article, Thanksgiving Anniversary, this tribe helped the pilgrims who survived their first Thanksgiving. They still regret it 400 years later. Dana Hedgepeg shared that James founded the National Day of Mourning in 1970 after planners for the 350th anniversary of the Mayflower landing refused to let them debunk the myths of the holiday as part of a commemoration. There is a commemoration plaque located at Coles Hill that reads, it is a day of remembrance and spiritual connection as well as a protest of the racism and oppression which Native Americans continue to experience. One might say that the Native Americans celebrating Thanksgiving Day is like African Americans celebrating the 4th of July. The American forefathers' freedom was at the bloody expense of indigenous and African American people. According to the National Archives 2021, in 1939, President Franklin D. Roosevelt wanted to extend the Christmas shopping season and boost the economy after the Great Depression by making Thanksgiving the third Thursday of November. 
After much debate and confusion across the nation, Congress passed a joint resolution on October the 6th, 1941, making Thanksgiving Day the fourth Thursday of November. However, the Senate, however, amended the resolution establishing the holiday as the fourth Thursday, which would take into account those years when November has five Thursdays. President Roosevelt signed the resolution on December 26, 1941. The term Black Friday was used first by the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania Police Department in the 1950s to describe the post-Thanksgiving holiday shopping chaos. On this day, suburban shoppers and tourists flooded the city, requiring officers to work longer hours to manage the overflow of crowded sidewalks and massive traffic jams. There was rampant absenteeism in factories. Store sales associates would call in sick to take advantage of a long weekend. Shoplifters joined the crowds too, <laughs> stealing merchandise during all the confusion. This surge in shopping became the unofficial start to the holiday season. Merchants tried unsuccessfully to remove the negative term Black Friday by renaming it Big Friday. In America, the word black was, and unfortunately still is, often spoken of in ways that are peculiar and unfriendly. Black market, blacklist, black eye, blackout, black sheep, blackmail. In the late 1980s, Black Friday was rebranded by retailers. Consumers were sold the idea that business were operating at a loss or in the red and sales promotions were to finally bring them in the black or making a profit. The concept has transformed from Black Friday doorbuster sales to early fall online sales by local Saturday and Cyber Monday. This year, approximately 197 million purchasers shopped from Thanksgiving Thursday through Cyber Monday. Online sales hit a record 5.29 billion, an increase of 2.9% from 2021. Black Friday reached a record 9.12 billion according to Adobe Analytics, despite what some economists call inflation. Where were you? (laughs) Were you one of the millions of holiday shoppers out in the malls or stores, serenaded by joyful holiday sounds, tantalized by the delicious aromas of cinnamon buns baking, and lured in by the buy one, get three free. Sales on scented and aromatherapy candles while looking for a great deal on gifts for yourself or your family, friends, or co-workers. Don't feel bad. No, seriously. Don't feel bad. There were millions of others. 
the fellowship sounds and smells of the holiday season sure do get us in a good mood, causing the average shopper to spend roughly $325 in a single transaction. This is Bishop Michael Bellamy. I hope you enjoy our podcast and subscribe to our Facebook page. You will find our weekly 30-minute podcast on many of your favorite platforms. Would you please tell your family and friends to listen in as well? We would also love to hear from you. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook and via email at theelephant2022 at gmail.com. When we think of our struggles and triumphs over the years, we must also remind ourselves of our blessings and fortunes. During this season, our hearts are, or should be, open to consider those who are less fortunate than ourselves. We want to give back, returning the favor of a helping hand. This doesn't mean a handout, but to help someone else get up. Do you recall living in unsafe living conditions? I do. Perhaps your primary transportation was public transportation. Mine was for many years. Maybe you made the best of the foods that were available in your local community at the price you could afford. I did. I remember having cold, wet feet because there was a hole in my shoe. Have you ever had a piece of cardboard as a substitute for a shoe sole? (laughs) I have and had for many years. The holiday season can bring on sobering reminders of our past lives and how far we've come from those points in our lives to where we are today. Giving Monday is an opportunity to donate to nonprofit organizations after the swell of spending over the previous weekend. The donations these nonprofits receive help these organizations meet their missions and goals, and they also help to fund programs. In the new year, December is the season of giving for many people in our nation and across the world. During this time of year, people are feeling generous. In addition to purchasing for ourselves, family and friends, we also want to remember others who are less fortunate than we are. Matthew chapter 25 verses 37 to 40, I'll read it for you from the King James Version. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee, and hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee, a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or, when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, 
inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Together, small gestures can accomplish big goals. Perhaps your local ministry has an effective outreach ministry. Nearly every city has charities. Some organizations collect funds and distribute them to member organizations that receive annual reviews and are audited. Contributions can be made in cash, credit, or in kind. An in-kind contribution is a non-monetary gift of services or gifts. Services may include, but are not limited to a contractor offering their expertise to perform work on a needed project. Service transporting food boxes to families in need or an HVAC technician repairing a heating unit for an elderly client of a nonprofit agency. Gifts may include, but are not limited to, donation of products such as soap, clothes, shoes, and even housing. The service is calculated by the hourly rate, and the goods are calculated by the costs. Of purchasing the items. During this time of the year, parents can teach their children to give by having, by having them take a portion of their allowance to help those who are less fortunate. Another opportunity of charitable giving is going to volunteer at community organizations. Do not go alone, make it a family event. Doing so will teach your children the principle of giving time and money. Acts chapter 20, verse 35, the King James Version reads like this, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak, and to remember the words of Jesus, how he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. I recommend that you be informed and check your charity's ratings before making contributions to ensure that they are in alignment with your passions and values and that they are vetted. Keep in mind that some nonprofit organizations use professional solicitors and pay for those services. Therefore, these organizations collect less money toward their program and services. Consider giving directly to an individual or family in need if you choose not to give to an organization. You may ask if you may be of help and what is the best way to assist. Ask your spiritual leader for a recommendation for an individual or a family who could use a holiday blessing. A gift basket full of needed items could be discreetly passed on to the person or family in need. Don't attempt to force your gift on someone who does not want it or has a need for a specific contribution for your own self-gratification. When was the last time you opened social media and an individual was publicly announcing their good deeds to be praised by men? All 
little at the expense of the needy. Gifts should be done in secret. In Matthew chapter 6, verse number 4, I'll read it from the New Living Translation. Jesus said, give your gifts in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. This is not a condemnation against organizations who publicize themselves and marketing to fundraise for charitable campaigns. Whether or not to celebrate Thanksgiving and other holidays this season is a personal choice. The Thanksgiving menu may not be filled with old traditions and new options. You may have shopped Black Friday or Busters until you dropped. (laughs) Or you may have gotten your favorite beverage, a blanket, and avoided the crowds by shopping Cyber Monday. If you choose not to shop altogether, you shouldn't feel judged. I won't judge you. Your choice of charities may vary from children to animals or to the environment, and your ability to donate may differ. No matter the case, what every believer can agree on is this every day is a day of thanksgiving. Oh my God, that brings tears to my eyes. It does. Every day is a day of thanksgiving. The gratitude of saints cannot be superficial. True thanksgiving must come from the heart. Judah Bend and Randy Weston wrote the following lyrics to I will bless thee, O Lord. I will bless thee, O Lord. I will bless thee, O Lord. With a heart of thanksgiving, I will bless thee, O Lord. With my hands lifted up and my mouth filled with praise. With a heart of thanksgiving, I will bless thee, O Lord. Much like a Thanksgiving turkey or a Christmas ham, a heart of Thanksgiving has been marinated, seasoned with tests, trials, and tribulations, and steeped with time. A heart of Thanksgiving is tender and overflowing with the love of God. The Bible gives us many examples of people who displayed a heart of thanksgiving. In Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 through 20, the New Living Testament shares the blessings the priest Melchizedek bestowed upon Abraham, and Melchizedek, the king of Salem, and a priest of the Most High God, brought Abram some bread and wine. Melchizedek blessed Abram with this blessing. Blessed be Abram by the Most High God, creator of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has defeated your enemies for you. Then Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods he had recovered. Lot, Abram's nephew, was a citizen of Sodom was taken into captivity by four Mesopotamian kings who warred against and defeated Sodom and Gomorrah. 
Lot's possessions were also the spoils the kings took from the victorious battle. Abraham, a farmer, gathered 318 of his men and trained them as soldiers. Then he led the soldiers on a 125-mile journey to rescue the prisoners and retrieve the spoils from the four mighty warrior kings. Abraham, who was more than likely worn from the engagement, was greeted by the king of Salem, Melchizedek, the high priest of the Most High God. Melchizedek brought Abraham bread and wine, blessed him, and explained that God had given him the victory. Abraham's heart flowed with thanksgiving, and he tithed, offering God 10% of his spoils to show his thankfulness. David was anointed by Samuel to serve as king of Israel, because Saul, the current king, was disobedient to the God of Israel. David the king in waiting found himself in exile, looking for a place to rest in the land of the Philistines. Israel's primary enemy. He found he was between a rock and a hard place. He prayed, and God heard and delivered him. After surviving the hostile army of King Achish of Gath, fallen, Goliath's comrades, David wrote in Psalms 34, 1 to 3, from the depths of his heart, saying, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Then David invited others to join him, saying, O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Mary, a young virgin, was espoused to Joseph, a descendant of King David. The angel Gabriel appeared to her, announcing that she was highly favored of the Lord. She was blessed among women, would give birth to a son, and his name would be called Jesus. Gabriel told Mary that Jesus would be great and the son of the highest, and that he would sit on the throne of his forefather, King David. Mary was given a sign that God was operating the miraculous. Elizabeth, Mary's older cousin and the wife of Zacharias, and who was also barren, was now at least six months pregnant. After traveling to meet her cousin Elizabeth, the baby inside leaped and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost when Mary told her of the angel's message. Mary sang this hymn from her heart, as recorded in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. I'll read it from the New King James Version. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly estate of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him 
from generation to generation. He have shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in their in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich. He has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. Well, we're thankful for the opportunity to enjoy the company of family and friends during the holiday season, especially while eating a meal. It always makes it nicer. We appreciate the blessing to afford essentials and even some of the non-essentials. And we give according to our ability. In Romans chapter 14, verse number 6, the Apostle Paul wrote, He that regarded the day regarded it unto the Lord, and he that regarded not the day to the Lord, he does not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not, and giveth God thanks. Our thankfulness to the Almighty God and His Son Jesus cannot be seasonal or conditional. We praise and worship in good times, challenging times, and in bad times. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. Our hearts are full of thanksgiving, unconditional praises, and we bow in worship because God, the Creator, giver and sustainer of life, is holy, and He is worthy. Well, friends, that's all the time we have for this episode. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode, which was produced by Associate Pastor Corey Lyndon Bellamy Sr. Be safe. Stay healthy. God bless. 